0: and welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies presented to you by the OnTap SportsNet. I'm your host Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at @bdon300. Today I'm joined by my co-host Ethan Wiles and we have our very first recurring guest, friend of the show joining us today. I'm not going to get too into it. I think you can you can kind of hear it already but <laughs> Ethan, how are you doing today, brother?
1: It's been a very interesting day in terms of the Mac world. I'm pretty sure we'll get into it, but <laughs> Talk about a day that the Mac world is keeping an eye on Twitter, social media, whatever. The Mac is meeting Saturday for fall football. We'll see what that's going to be like, but Brandon, I'll let you introduce our guest before we get into that.
0: Yeah, fall football would be a treat, but obviously you got to make sure that, you know, everybody is taking care of player safety and health is of the utmost importance. But as the regional big brother is starting to push towards back uh, back to playing football this fall. We'll see what happens with us, but today we are joined by one of the hardest working coaches that NIU has had the blessing to come through their doors. Dedication and passion is the name of the game for her. Unmatched in her sport, her team remains competitive regardless of circumstances, and it's a true testament to how great of a leader she is. Huskies on tap listeners, I am pleased to present to you our first recurring guest, NIU cheer coach Aubrey Galeone. Aubrey, how are you today?
2: Hi, thanks so much for having me back, guys. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Hey, it's our pleasure to have you. You know, we figured with everybody getting back to campus, what better time to start, you know, going back through people that we've interviewed, catch up with them, see how they're doing. How have you been? I think it's been about six or seven months since we've actually had, Mm -hmm. you know, a real conversation. How have you been, you know, during this very weird time?
2: Yeah, you know what? I think it's just been very crazy for everyone. It's been super difficult, very challenging to navigate through the times that we are living in with the pandemic, and then we're literally living through a civil rights movement right now. So it's been it's been crazy. I'm sure I'm not the only person that feels that way. But, you know, just trying to get back to normal, I guess, essentially, is what everybody's trying to do at this point in time.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that everyone thought about going into this whole COVID mess was how long it was going to be. And that's one thing that has really affected me. It's just how long it's been, just how long we've had to deal with everything going on. And it seems like it's just one thing after another. You talked about the civil yeah, rights sure. movement, the COVID world, things like that. It just seems like it doesn't stop. And at this point, let's just get to 2021.
2: Yeah, honestly, I think everybody's ready for you know a fresh start. But unfortunately, you know the cliche fresh start isn't just going to happen. You know you got to work for that change in every aspect. So. Here's to hoping for a better year for everyone in 2021.
0: And we love that type of positivity. How was the cheer coach aspect of the quarantine? I can only imagine, you know, with Nationals getting canceled and everything that's happened in the last six months that it's been very hard to not only recruit, hold practices, maybe you had some stuff going on, you know, on Zoom or something. But how has it been, you know, with your team since then?
2: Uh, it was it was pretty devastating. I won't lie, as most sports you know face the same thing. The one difference for cheerleading was that nationals is all that we had. That NCAA College Nationals is the one competition that we have all year round, and that's what we work for. That one competition, whereas most sports have games and tournaments and all that. We just have College Nationals, so it was pretty devastating for all my athletes for that to be canceled, and it was, it was hard. I'm not going to lie to be able to have to sit in front of them and tell them that, that everything that we have been working for endlessly for the last year is now gone was, was pretty heartbreaking. And it, it is what it is, you know, their safety has to come before anything else. And that was the hardest part just because we had just finished hell week, which is like two a day practices. And at the last day of hell week, is oh, I, rem- I remember we, our conversation. Yeah, yeah. We call, yeah, yeah. We reali- <laughs> yeah, we realized that Daytona was no longer going to be a thing. I was in a place where the kids still wanted to practice, even though there was no Daytona, because they just wanted to be together. They felt like the whole season was for nothing. It was it was exhausting, you know, to deal with. And I, I coached by myself. So a lot of that was just hard to face on my own, you know, it's me and 30 of them or It's always difficult. um, But all you can do is kind of keep pressing on. And it it was just it wasn't it wasn't a great feeling, to be honest, but you got to do what you got to do. And we obviously have been off these last months, because there's really nothing for us to do. I the only thing I could do was have them, you know, work out on their own and stay in shape and keep tumbling. Like we had days where they would send in videos just so I could see, you know, what they were doing at home. But without being able to be in a gym, without being able to stunt, you know, half a cheerleading is stunting, you know, throwing people in the air can't really do when we're not allowed to touch each other. So it's been, it's been kind of crazy. I was super sad because we finally had tryouts in the book for last Monday. And then with the, with the university shutdown for that two week, we had to postpone tryouts again. So we did the whole video tryout. Uh, I want to say I did that in May. Yeah, we did a video tryout. And then I got to the end of it. And I'm reviewing all these videos that were sent in to me. And I just didn't feel like I could make the conscious decision to cut people or to take them based off of these videos that I received. It's like I had so many questions running through my brain. For me, it's not just about what you look like in a video. It's about your presence when you are on the field or you're on the mat or what kind of aura you bring to a team. Like all those things are super important to me. So I couldn't grasp that over a computer screen and I just didn't feel like I was doing the right thing by, you know, making a team announcing in the team and cutting people or taking people that I didn't know really, because in the in the process of tryouts, I sit down with them, I have an, you know, one on one interview with them. And I just see how they interact with their, their teammates, you know, and I couldn't see that through a video. So I told them as hard as it was to postpone them until I could see them in person to just be patient and let the thing take its course so we could see each other face-to-face before I made any final decisions. So that's kind of what last week was supposed to be. And then with the university shutting everything down for two weeks, we didn't really have a choice but to, you know, push them back again.
1: To get an idea, how many entries or video entries, or I guess people who try out, how many of those do you get a year? Or in this case, how many videos did you have to go through?
2: You know, it varies. We have two tryouts. Typically, I take people in the summer, and then I'll have a second tryout once it gets closer to basketball season for Daytona, if I can pick up some stragglers. But I would say I usually get anywhere from maybe like 50 to 70 people that try out, and then I narrow it down and usually only take close to 30, because only 20 make mats in the competitive season, I can only put 20 people on the mat. So taking way more than that isn't exactly necessary. If I had the resources to make two teams, and maybe just have a game day team or a sideline team, I'd probably do that. But I'm already drowning as it is trying to do everything on my own. So I just have the one competitive team that also cheers, you know, football season and basketball season. But yeah, I would say probably video tryout wise, I had mm, close to like 50 videos to go through, something like that.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. If you ever need some assistance, I'm pretty sure Brandon and I will (laughs) will come. I don't know how good we will be at evaluating. I'm sure we'll get some help along the way there, but uh, you know, 50 videos, I can only imagine how long those are too, but props to you for getting through those and powering through those. Like I said, we're here if you ever need the assistance. I'm not sure what we'll do or how well we'll do
2: it, but we're here. (laughs) Thanks guys, I appreciate you.
0: I'm more concerned if it was 50 videos sent to you, how many takes it took for each of the 50 yes. participants. Yes, We're probably exactly. talking about like a thousand. That's a lot. Because we all know. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, my we thing all
2: I I was just going to say, my thing with videos is people being put on the spot is something that is super important in cheerleading. It happens often. You're performing in front of people. So some people are great at a video where nobody's watching them. And then you put them in front of an audience or in front of some sort of pressure feeling and they choke essentially. So it it just didn't feel right for me to be like, oh, this person has skill, but I don't know what they're like in, in real life. Or if I put them on the spot or how they would mesh well with others, you can do a skill a million times until it's perfect on video. You know, How was I supposed to know how many takes it took them to to do that skill? That's what
0: I was gonna say. So like, even in the content game, like I'll do a video or something like just talking about football or something. And I will literally sit there 35 times because I'm like, oh, my hair's messed (laughs) up. Or, oh, my voice cracked, Mm -hmm. or this happened, or there's a car driving by or something like, there's always something. Mm I had one for school, too. I don't know if we have any of the people in my grad school class that listen to me. We're on, like, Flipgrid. I went to do, like, a Who Are You video because we're obviously we're not in class. So it's, like, the icebreaker BS. Like who, who is Brandon Suarez? And I put it in an assignment Dropbox, not the right one. So I definitely iced that one real quick, got it off the internet. That was mortifying. I got to answer. You said said something a little bit earlier um, about how we're supposed to practice because, you know, an integral part of cheerleading is the tumbling aspect and the stunts and just being on the same mat, touching each other, being really close. Mm -hmm. One can imagine how hard a practice would look on the other side of this. Do you even have any idea how the practices are going to look?
2: So essentially, tumbling is you know, can be a team thing, but it's pretty personal. So those are skills that you can work on on your own. And you really don't need to be that close to someone to be able to tumble. So tumbling is crucial and can be performed regardless of being six feet away from anyone. As far as stunting pyramids, all of that good stuff. We can't do that right now. It's just not in, it's not in the works until we move into that next phase in the the COVID world, we're technically not supposed to be allowing athletes to touch each other. So I don't really know. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't be a thing right now, to be honest.
0: Do they even really have, because I know regular gyms have a lot of, you know, restrictions, they're checking temperatures, Mm -hmm. you know, they have a couple extra staff members walking around, shout out to our guy, Ethan, wiping everything down, making sure it's Mm -hmm. nice and sanitary. But our could those type of gyms open, like cheerleading and gymnastic gyms open right now or no?
2: Um, it's pretty controversial, but there are some gyms open in the area. There's some guidelines that they have to abide by as far as like masks and sanitizing. But honestly, stunting and tumbling in a mask is beyond challenging. I tried it not that long ago just to see what the kids would feel and it was very hard. It was basically just like, imagine working out with someone covering your mouth. It's challenging. It's hard to throw someone in the air and have your oxygen like depleted at a certain moment. Like it's just not probably not healthy, but and it, it was difficult to tumble. I did a couple standing tucks with a face mask on and it was very hard. I was huffing and puffing. It could be because I'm 27. So we don't really know, but <laughs> it was definitely hard. So I feel for the kids that are actually being allowed to do that. And if we did have tryouts, that's basically what would have happened is the kids would have had to have masks on at all times. It, it was hard. It was definitely hard, to say the least.
0: Has the school been in talks with you about the possibility of football and basketball going on at the same time and which sport would take president if that was the case?
2: That really hasn't been discussed yet. I would say from experience with athletics or just NIU in general, I would say that football pretty much trumps everything in my eyes as far as what their priorities are. I'm not really sure how athletics would would word that, but it would be extremely challenging to have to go through football season, basketball season, and our own national season all at the same time. So you know, I'm really curious to see how that unfolds and what that kind of looks like for us. I mean, we would make it work. <laughs> I would still some find some way to to get them to both our obviously our number one priority is supporting our athletes, so it, it would definitely be challenging so i'm I'm curious to see how this is gonna play out for us,
0: yeah, that would definitely be the season labeled as the hard way season because, like oh, you said, absolutely you, you do hell week you know right before nationals, mm-hmm. your nationals are in March or April, correct? April, yeah, April, yeah. So if we're looking at a spring football season, a spring basketball season with, from what I've heard, like the craziest March Madness format, obviously nothing is (laughs) set in stone yet. But again, like this year alone, and even I'll say six to eight months into next year are just adapt and adjust and just figure it out because baseball, 60 games, football is the only sport right now that is getting like their full crack at a season. But it's just one of those things where it's like, you are already stretched so thin with all of the stuff that you do, in addition to being the cheer coach, and then on top of that, mm-hmm. doing it all by yourself. So I can only imagine how hard that would be for you to try and juggle that. Maybe you send ten to the football, fifteen or no, fifteen to football, yeah. ten to
2: basketball. And So yeah.
0: if you could find maybe some senior leadership or someone within the team to kind of command a second unit, I think that mm-hmm. could work out too. So all great ideas, but one great idea you mentioned before we hopped on the show was the possibility, and this was all pre-COVID, so we won't get too deep mm-hmm. into it, but the possibility of working with Toledo to help do a MAC cheer championship. So why don't you explain kind of the ideas that you talked about? I know nothing is set in stone, but definitely love yeah, that idea.
2: Absolutely. So Nick, the coach at Toledo, we were kind of talking and in cahoots because we realized that cheerleading really doesn't have the same things that all the other sports have we don't have a mac championship we don't have the opportunity for all our teams to face each other as a conference whereas most sports volleyball basketball all these sports have that have a mac championship have those like bragging rights in our conference and we talked about how cool it would be if we put together a mac championship just for cheerleading so it was definitely kind of pre-COVID before everything got super intense. So we need to like revisit the, the subject and see what we could accomplish. But it's definitely something that we talked about and something that we have put steps in place to move forward with. So I'm really excited, and I hope that we can follow through with that because it would just give the kids one more thing to look forward to. Like I had mentioned, they work year-round for one competition, so why not throw one more on them for practice before Daytona? And it would just give them an opportunity to compete strictly against the other teams in the MAC.
1: Do you think that if that does happen in the near future, once we do get back, is that something that you'll see – kind of follow suit in like college football, where you'll get your different conferences and competitive cheer will come back. I kind of get an idea of how the Daytona thing works, but do, or is there now a type of conference setting where you're trying to get that conference championship?
2: Well, there isn't any, there isn't anything like that um, right now. And not that I'm aware of that has been, that has happened in the past. The only really big struggle with making something like this happen is all of these teams in the mac some of them don't compete like competitively and then some of them are in different like divisions so daytona is split up into different divisions as far as if a team is all girl if you're large coed if you're small coed so it would be hard to face a team in a different division because the rubric changes, the score sheet changes. So all like the judging guidelines are a little bit different. Also, we run into an issue where, for instance, my team is NCA and other teams can be UCA. So NCA is a little bit different style than UCA is. They're both technically a part of the same umbrella, but the styles are just a little different. So we'd be running into a couple hiccups and a little problems we'd have to work through, but we would just obviously want to make it as fair as possible and give the kids a chance to perform, you know?
0: Yeah, I think that is an amazing idea. I would hope that, especially with Nationals being lost, if there was a way to get it done where the teams would match up and everybody would be able to get a fair crack at it, I think it's a great Mm -hmm. idea has there been word on whether or not there will be a nationals tournament in 2021? I know it's kind of still early with all the COVID stuff going on, but do you think it's a possibility?
2: Yeah, it definitely is. It's been discussed. It's been talked about as far as I'm concerned and what I've been told from people that do work for varsity and those are the event producers. It is still happening. Um, We just really aren't sure as far as the all-star cheerleading world, They've been throwing out ideas of doing like virtual competitions, but I know that wouldn't happen for college, given a lot of other circumstances. As far as I'm concerned, it's still on. So we will act like it's still on until someone tells me otherwise.
0: (laughs) I love that mindset. Control what you can control and the rest will fall in place where it may I got another another kind of big one, another kind of dumb one because the time that we're in, but is there any way for the team to currently raise funds while we're all kind of banned from gathering in large events?
2: Um, it would be very challenging. We make most of our money off these competitions and these events that the kids work, so with there not being any events going on right now, it would be very hard to... Fundraise money. Luckily, because Daytona was canceled last season, we have all that money that would have been spent and college nationals now saved up. So we're almost like we're in a better place than we were before financially just because everything is so expensive. But now we have less to worry about because we already raised all that money that was supposed to go to college nationals in April. And we didn't go, so we got all of it back. So we're kind of a little bit ahead of the game as far as finances go. It's definitely difficult to fundraise at a time like this. Nobody wants to donate money when a lot of people aren't even working. It's just, it's hard. It's a hard time for everybody. So fundraising is definitely difficult for us right now.
1: You talk about your students that go into work at these different competitions. What do they do? What do their weeks look like at different events where they have to go work and have practice during the week and also throw in different sporting events, football games, basketball games, things like
2: that as well. I honestly just give my credit to the kids for so much. These kids, they go above and beyond and the things that they do just so the program stays alive is Pretty amazing. They're working a lot of events at the convocation center. They'll work cheerleading competitions. There's even nights that they volunteer and they pick up trash after the basketball games just to 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 make money for our program to stay afloat. So it, it's pretty wild the things that they go through. And on top of Fundraising and doing all these things and making every single penny that we have, people forget that these are students. They go to school full time. A lot of them still work jobs outside of cheerleading just to put them through school. And then on top of that, I'm tossing football games at them. I'm tossing events where they go and shake their palms and look cute for a camera it's just a lot it's a lot for them and my unconditional love goes out to every single one of my kids because they do so much more than they get credit for or that people even really know to be honest
1: so I guess I kind of want to ask another question because it is kind of about the times but you guys are known for being the peppiest happiest on the football field (laughs) is it hard to deal with their emotions like I asked the marching band director last week if it's kind of hard to deal Mm -hmm. with his students emotions during a time like this What is it like dealing with college-age students during a time of uncertainty when they don't know if they're going to have a season, what the competitive season is going to look like, different things like that, on top of balancing school?
2: Yeah, I can tell they're all pretty drained. Everybody's pretty emotionally exhausted at this point. I think the one thing that they're just really crossing their fingers for is that they get to be together again as cliché as it sounds they are a family so being apart from each other is very hard for them a lot of them this is their outlet this is their their happy place the one thing that you know fulfills them and when it got taken away a lot of them struggled and so i'm just doing the best that i can to make sure that we're all emotionally and mentally on the same page and everybody's staying positive and knowing that this who will pass eventually and that they'll get to be together again. But it's definitely been challenging when you take a college kid that is used to human interaction every day, and then you're throwing them into all these online classes where they can't physically engage with other people. It, it's hard. It's hard for any student right now. And my heart goes out to the seniors and just any any kid going through school right now and having to learn in a different format than what they're used to is extremely challenging. And I'm so proud of every single one of them for just kind of pushing through and making the best of what we can control right now.
1: I'm going to say thank you because I am one of those seniors. And I I, I mean, I got to give credit to Brandon last year because he was in my shoes now. So to be mm-hmm. in that exact spot, to not know what my graduation is going to be like to change everything on my last year. Yeah, it's definitely a weird time. But you know, I think one thing that we've all kind of just, adopted is the the mindset of positivity and taking things mm-hmm. one day at a time and as long as you can get through that you know the next day you never know what that's going to be like so I think it's amazing that there's people like you out there spreading positivity amongst your team and amongst the students and I thank you for at least feeling for our
0: students and, and Brandon himself course, last year as well
2: Hang in there, guys. It gets hey, easier, I, I promise.
0: I appreciate that too, but what did I do? Throw myself right back into it with grad school. And it is not, <laughs> it is not easy, but I mean, I've been reading until my eyes bleed. I've been watching the little video <laughs> podcast. I'm doing doing what I got to do controlling what I can control but I will say I cannot wait until we get back to a regular class because I'm obnoxious I, I raise my hand I'm asking questions <laughs> I'm trying to get to the bottom of everything <laughs> absolutely absolutely I'm the Mr. Know-it-all guy we all know this but uh <laughs> I, I, and I guess you would say on a lighter note than the COVID talk and everything that's going on your guy Khalil Mack I gotta ask you when will he stop getting help Because I don't know if you watched this last weekend, but it it was like almost assault out there on the field, what they were doing to him with completely illegal blocking methods.
2: You know, the Bears, man, it's rough out here to be a Bears fan. I'm not going to lie to you. I think they were literally asleep the first half of the game and then just like woke up the second half. But man... (laughs) <laughs> rough to
1: watch. you think it's tough being a so. Bears fan? Talk about being a Bears fan and a Mitch Trubisky fan. So you throw the double tough on there. Brandon just adopted the Mitch love this season. I, I'm calling yeah, I'm all in on fake Mitch. Fake I'm Mitch. all in
0: on Mitch. You weren't all we in are. on
1: Mitch last year, and that's where I'm calling him <laughs> up. I was in on Mitch last year. I'm the one with the three jerseys, not Brandon. So wow. it's, it's been extremely tough to be a Mitch guy and a Bears fan. So I feel your pain twice as much.
2: Yeah, I think the jury's still out on Trubisky, honestly. I mean, he had a, a, a late-game comeback, saved his job for, you know, at least another week, but, man,
0: rough. So, like, the <laughs> point the point I brought up on Bears on tap, and I think you guys will have interesting takes on this, when the Bears went down 23-6, to 6, if the Bears don't go out there and score, do you think that that is the end of Mitchell Trubisky, the starting quarterback, on the Chicago Bears? Do you think they pull him and go Nick Foles?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Honestly, like I said, he uh, lived to see another day after that comeback and, and late in the game, but I don't know. That's a great question. Honestly,
1: for me, it's tough. I think the offensive line didn't play as well as they should have. So I'll give the credit to Mitch on this one, but I do think that if the second half comeback didn't exist, it would not have been a good first mark. And this Sunday's game against the giants would have been a lot more interesting. Still think this week's game is a lot interesting. They're at home for the first time this season. It's going to be weird to see an empty Soldier Field. That's for fact. But I do think the Bears are going to win on Sunday. Mitch is going to go two and zero. The Bears fans are going to start to relax. We'll use that Aaron Rodgers. He used. <laughs> the Bears are back. The Bears are going to be the Bears back. Bears are we're back. Be Mitch fine. is
0: back. Aubrey, you got to adopt it with us because... I, is... I
2: love the positivity. I'm <laughs>
0: exactly. So that's what it. I was going to say. <laughs> you literally pulled the words right out of my mouth because at this point, it's like, you just got to look at it like this. It's If it ends up being Nick Foles, then we're all in on Nick because at the end of the day, the Bears have a badass team. You, you know, Your favorite player, one of, one of the people that you met through your time in match and Khalil Mack, is our best Absolutely. player and one of our leaders. So it would be an absolute egregious crime against humanity if the one handicap to that team <laughs> was the quarterback position. But again, like you said, Aubrey, and you said it so delicately, he brought us back and he lived to see another I, week.
2: Yeah, you know what? The Bears were quite literally gifted a win that, that game. But you know what? I'm going to roll with the positivity, fellas, and we're going to go into this next game and just I'm going to have all the faith in Mitch Trubisky. I don't, that it was kind of hard for me to like verbally say that and hear those words come out of my mouth, but I, I'm here for it. I'm here for the positivity. Okay.
1: I am here for all of it, especially the fact that I know we, <laughs> on this. we need to extend Allen Robinson. The man is top. Five oh to yeah, begin.
2: for sure. We need, Why are, to. What, is, what is taking so long for that is my question.
1: We just don't have any available Brinks trucks right now.
0: Yeah. That's the Brinks trucks are all in traffic. Mm-hmm. yeah and that, and I, honestly i think too they really want to see how this year pans out because there is an opportunity that they might franchise tag him but if you look mm-hmm. at ellen okay. robinson and, and just how the nfl works out his age falls right into that year or those like set of years where you get paid your biggest contract like he's not going to get this type of money on the other side of this contract so he's trying to get as much as possible but i think you know to reel it back in for the Bears this weekend, like you guys said, we got to be positive, got be to be in on our guy, Mitch. Since we don't have NIU football, you know, <laughs> I would love to have a game. Let me get some predictions. We'll, we'll go uh, Chicago Bears predictions from you two for this weekend since there's no oh. NIU football. Well, we beat
2: them well, last season, yeah, right? What was it, like 19-something? What, what, what was that game, that final?
0: It's always a stinker with the Giants. Like, it always comes down to the very last play. Yeah, would we it,
2: split with them.
0: Yeah, the year before they had what was it, Tariq Cohen throwing, you know, running back passes out of the backfield, which is always fun to see. At five foot six, he's a dog. Yeah, yeah I don't. So I don't sad. think the Giants are too equipped to handle the Bears defense.
2: Mm, I guess we'll. I guess we'll see.
0: Finn, what's your prediction?
1: I think the Bears are going to win. It's going to be another low-scoring game, seventeen-seven. The Giants didn't do much last week against the Steelers. The Bears are good. The Bears are back. The Bears are going to win. It's going to be low scoring, but the Bears are going to win.
2: I'll, I'll agree to that. I definitely feel like it's going to be a low scoring game, but I guess we'll see.
0: All in on Mitch, baby. I got to say, <laughs> you know, since we are talking about sports that are currently playing, what are you most excited for for when we quote unquote return to play here at NIU?
2: I'm excited to see our defense. I know with uh, KP being back on the field, I'm hoping that he steps back into that leadership role after being hurt so many times man bless that kid's soul I'm just so ready to watch the boys get back on the field and hopefully get us some W's you know
0: yeah and I think and especially in a season like this where it's not looking like our schedule is going to line up with the traditional college football schedule Mm -hmm. there probably isn't going to be a bowl game attached to it we've talked kind of off air and just kind of like spitballing ideas that they should get together with you know, whether it's the Pac-12 and the Mountain West, whatever other conferences aren't playing right now, and kind of just try and do their own thing, try and see if they can crown themselves like a spring champion. Obviously, in the grand scheme of real college football, it probably won't count, but at the end of the day, like, as a football team or as a competitive team, you know if you get the Mountain West, which is a conference that we've played plenty of teams like San Diego State over the years, and then the Mm Pac-12 as well with Utah. So I think it would be interesting to see, but at the end of the day... There will still probably be a MAC championship, and that is always a goal for our NIU Huskies.
2: Oh, absolutely. We always want that title. Always want those bragging rights.
0: I mean, it's a weird year
1: in general, so I think if these conferences Mm -hmm. break off, you're going to get conference champions. It's going to be weird. The group or the power five teams have already started for that national championship hut, but the MAC teams, those Mountain West teams won't be competing for it, so it's the year of the asterisk, in my opinion. Or asterisk, or whatever, <laughs> however you say it. I don't know.
2: However, you say it. Hi.
0: I'm not the pronunciation guy, so I'll take one no, shot at it and I. then we'll move on. <laughs> after asterisk. Yeah, I think that's how we go. We'll roll with that. But I think you bring up some great points. I mean, they, there was actually a great article in, I think, the Chicago Tribune about Kyle Pugh, and that's someone who has been through hell and back with all the injuries that he's oh, faced. Sure someone that we you know we would like to see play on sundays and definitely has what it takes to play on sundays but one Mm -hmm. thing that's very interesting especially like for a guy in his position you know he's in his sixth year would he really want to come back and take an extra year of eligibility or would he want to go and take his shot at the nfl draft fully healthy that's that's something that with the spring season could be you know That's up to Kyle, obviously, with whatever decision he makes, you know, we're fully behind him. But that's something that you could see, not necessarily too much here at NIU, but across the nation, especially with players that are, you know, already opting out because the season's in the spring.
2: I know it's wild. My heart goes out to that kid because he has battled through so many injuries and he's stayed resilient through it all so I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens with him but obviously we would all love to see him play on Sundays and that's something that I could so foresee for his future no doubt
0: it was great to see some of the guys out there like Jimmy Ward Max Sharpang Uh, we didn't get to see Kenny Galladay which for the Bears is a good sight he
2: was injured right
0: Yeah. So he was injured. So for the Bears, honestly, if Galladay was playing that game, the way Stafford was slinging the rock, we probably would have lost because they didn't, you know, he's their number one receiver. It's tough. It's a tough break for Galladay, but you know, that's someone who first round pick fresh out of NIU and has exceeded expectations every stop along the way. So that's someone definitely proud to call a Husky. I got to ask you. So I know You had talked about, and there is just overall some crazy, crazy stuff going on in the cheer world. I know you wanted to bring light and awareness to that kind of stuff for maybe people that are in the recruiting process, people that are in the high school cheer scene, whoever gets their hands on this episode, uh, just kind of forewarning them.
2: So it's pretty heavy, but a lot of America watched that documentary on Netflix called Cheer, and it was pretty great. It was a solid representation of what college cheerleading is and what competitive cheerleading can be for everyone. But as of recently, some light has been shed on a situation that is actually pretty prevalent in the the cheer community. The breakout star, Jerry Harris, he was accused of grooming underage cheerleaders. I want to say the cheerleader was probably 14. Cheerleading is a very unique sport in the sense that we have kids of all ages competing together in the all-star community, not in college or high school, obviously, but you can be on a team with someone who is 13 and someone who is 25, you know what I mean, depending on what the breakdown of each age division is or what level you're competing at. But basically, he had been accused of soliciting sexual pictures through Snapchat or something along the lines of that to a minor at the age of, I want to say he was 19 at the time. He's 21 now, but it kind of blew up in the cheer world. It's honestly something that is so incredibly sad to hear because he was this light that brought so much positivity to the cheer world and people just naturally gravitated towards him because he was this cheery, charming kid who comes from a really like sad kind of story. And America just like ate it up and everyone loved him. So for these charges to kind of come to light, it's very heartbreaking. But in the cheerleading world, I I wish I couldn't say this, but it happens more often that we have grown men that are grooming underage girls, boys, and there's just a lot of predator behavior that goes on. And because we live in this capitalistic society, people swipe things under the rug just for the sheer fact that it would ruin a reputation. And these big name gyms, these big name companies that really do just run cheerleading as a whole, the, USASA, the USASF is the governing body for cheerleading, and multiple times. They have been addressed and all these accusations from coaches, choreographers, whoever it may be, has been brought to them and nothing has been done. So very much like when Athlete A came out with Larry Nasser all those charges and everything that happened, it's very much the same thing. There's things that are going on behind closed doors that people are acknowledged and know about and they just get swiped under the rug because nobody wants that kind of attention brought to their program. But at the end of the day, we're talking about children, we have to protect our kids, we have to protect the sport as a whole and make it a safe place for everybody. And that should be at the forefront. And the most important thing for these gym owners, these coaches, and it's not, unfortunately, sometimes money takes over reputation takes over and people just don't do their job and that's basically what it comes down to is as a coach and a gym owner your job is to protect anybody that walks in those doors and when you know about these predator behaviors going on and you choose not to do anything about them you're at fault it's been a crazy couple weeks in the cheer world and I truly just think this is the tip of the iceberg and everything is gonna you know, blow up and come to light. So I guess it's one of those things where you just have to make sure that your moral compass is aligned, and you protect who's around you and and you do your job. And that's what it comes down to. But unfortunately, like I said before, this is a common thing in the cheer world. And I'm glad. It's very sad, but I'm glad that things are finally coming to light. Whereas it's happened. I'm sure it's happened years before. It's like a culture. It's ingrained in this culture of cheerleading. And I'm glad that now we're living in a time with social media and all these things that make it a lot harder to get away with these predator behaviors.
1: I was going to say the exact same thing. I It's almost sad to say that it's a good thing that these things are being brought to light because yeah. it is an issue that needs to be addressed. I mean, I I have family. I have my girlfriend's was in competitive color guard things like that and you see them throughout different organizations like that as well it's it's terrible to see you saw it just a few months ago at the highest level of the nfl with the washington football team a little different obviously older women you're not dealing with students but it's still an issue Mm -hmm. and like i said i wanted to touch on that too and i'm glad that you said it that it's almost a sad thing that it's good that it's being brought up
2: yeah it it needs to happen and unfortunately It's an uncomfortable subject, but the reality is it happens and we need to do everything that we can to protect our athletes. I know I would do absolutely anything for, for my kids. And I feel like most coaches feel the same way. So all we can do is something like this happens. You'd have to go straight to the police and not bank on the fact that these organizations that are supposed to be protecting our athletes are doing so. And that's why everything is so controversial right now, because USASF and Varsity are just failing to do what's right, essentially, just what needs to be happening. We're pouring all our money into these, into these companies, into these people, and they're not protecting what's right. They're not protecting these kids. So it, it's been very crazy, to say the least. Like I said, just one more thing to 2020. It's been wild.
0: Yeah. And I got to say, you know, we'll reel it back into NIU cheer after that. I know you just wanted to bring light to that. And that is just absolutely insanity. I cannot believe that there are people out there like this in this world. But like Ethan said, it's happening at all levels of sport: college, low-level amateur cheer, and then on top mm-hmm. of that in the NFL. So it's like, these people got to go. There's no room for them in this world. But
2: exactly.
0: when do you guys realistically think you'll return back to the mat do you because i know you said right now you're on halt is it just basically at the discretion of the of lisa freeman and sean frazier or
2: yeah basically like i said we were supposed to have tryouts on the 14th and then we got that email that said everything in niu was canceled or like postponed for the next two weeks so we were just waiting to revisit i guess until the 28th i'm not really sure what's exactly happening. I just know that no sports are happening at the moment. So I'm hoping that within the next couple of weeks, I get to see them and we can move forward with tryouts and me naming the team and getting everything set up for the season. But it's really just up in the air. I'm hoping to at least see them by October. I, I just am crossing my fingers because we usually start choreography in our season in November, December. So we're we're pushing it. It's kind of close. It's getting close. So Hopefully soon.
0: Yeah, we're definitely running out of time in that aspect. I got to ask you, so I know you've been here for quite some time. We usually ask this question to the athletes. You yourself are an athlete, but you're the coach of the athletes. What is your three favorite memories as the NIU cheer coach?
2: As the NIU cheer coach? Um, Yes, this is my fourth season. I would say last year I loved being at Nebraska at the football game it was just an atmosphere that was unmatched obviously the outcome of the game wasn't something that we had hoped for but just getting to be in the stadium and to feel that and then along with the Iowa game I loved cheering at the Iowa game I you know took the kids to to cheer there and getting to do the Iowa wave was really cool when everybody waved to the children's hospital that was super special what else do I love My favorite memory, honestly, just being in Daytona and college nationals, that is probably the best time I've ever experienced. I've experienced it as an athlete when I cheered in college and getting to experience it as a coach and watching everything and all the hard work that those kids put in be rewarded at the end of the season in Florida is just a really amazing feeling and it's pretty unmatched. So hoping that I get to do that again this season, I guess we'll see. But just keep your fingers crossed for us, guys.
0: They definitely are crossed. We got you. I <laughs> no,
2: I just, I have a million <laughs> memories. It's not, like, I can't even, I can't even pick. I just, I'm very fortunate to be in the position that I'm in.
1: I'm actually jealous that you got to experience the Iowa game. and That was one thing that was taken away from Brandon and I. So, extremely jealous that you got to go and experience Kinnick Stadium like that.
2: Yeah, uh, it was amazing. Paying. I'm not going to lie.
1: It, I want to be part of the wave so bad. Seeing it on TV, seeing it on Sports Center, ESPN, mm-hmm. things like that, it seems so breathtaking. It's moving to be. for
2: sure, yeah.
1: Yeah, yep, yep. So you're coming back on your fourth season. We ask everyone that comes on the show, we didn't get around to it last time, but what is your favorite DeKalb food spot?
2: My favorite DeKalb food spot? Um, I am a really big fan of the Junction. I love breakfast. Um, it's I been a love trend the week. people that work there. Yeah, I, it's great. And obviously, like, sushiyama is like, is, is, that, is that how you say it? I always say it wrong. I love that place, too. I love sushi, so I'll eat sushi every single day. But I do I do love the Junction. I think the Junction takes it. But, I mean, like, what about pizza pros? Like, that's a really hard question. <laughs> that's a really hard question for me to uh, uh, fulfill. Fatties, I love fatties, too. Like, that's, that's hard.
1: We're just naming them. We're just gonna check them off as we go down the list. <laughs> I don't so think good.
2: there's so many good spots.
1: <laughs> the junction has. I think it's like three episodes in a row now where the junction has been named our guest Oh really?
2: Favorite. Yeah. So yeah. I junction.
0: Junction that. is definitely gaining some steam. We'll have to see where they stack up next year's bracket, yeah, but
2: their break. Their breakfast food so good.
0: Oh, definitely. Every time, I love their food, and it's just like. If if there's a restaurant that encapsulates DeKalb in their dining room, it is The
2: Junction. Straight <laughs> oh, on. I fully totally agree to that statement. I think that Fatty's has a special place in my heart because they're so amazing to us there. They let us have a fundraiser there. They feed us. Like, they're they're amazing. They are the essence of what, like, the community of DeKalb is. So, Fatty's does kind of, like, trump everyone for me, but I do love The Junction, obviously.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, you get a little breakfast at the junction, go over to Fatty's for dinner, get some drinks, catch the game, get it all done in the day's work. I got to ask you real quick, because I know we're still in the COVID time, but when will Ethan and I get to learn how to stunt slash tumble?
2: Guys, I invited you last time we had this conversation, come to practice once everything blows over, I will teach you everything that you need to know. I can't guarantee you'll be good at it, but... I will work with you, and I will teach you, and I'm sure the kids would love it. So come on over whenever you that's,
1: want. That's up one to us becoming your assistants, right? Now. So we can start that's evaluating okay. next year's 2021 auditions. Absolutely. Are going to be a,
2: wanna, it's going to be you us. Like judge the tryouts, X let me know. <laughs> I'll I feel give like you a the buzzers buzzer. might. Be, oh,
1: I was going to say I feel like it might be too harsh to do, but since you're giving me the power, I'll take it.
2: Oh, they can handle it. I'll give you a buzzer. It's
0: alright. Yeah, and I was going to say, I'll have you know, I can still do a cartwheel at the ripe age of 26. I don't know how. They're not usually wow. too pretty.
2: Every yeah, now I'd like and then. to see that, honestly.
0: All right, I'll send it in on Zoom after the show. <laughs>
1: it's
0: usually after
1: a Bears win or a Notre Dame win or you a know, couple, couple two, three lattes in them, and then he does it. It's it's quite yeah. the scene.
0: A little bit of magic powers. <laughs> But as we get towards the end of the show, I know you're in the process of selecting your new members to your team. Obviously, you lost a lot with last year and then COVID. It's been real hard to get with your team. But what are words of advice to your current team and, and you know, the new members that are going to be coming along?
2: Just just hang in there. I've, I've been telling my kids this often. We're living through a really tough time right now. But cheerleading is the one consistent thing that we still all have, you know, whether they do it on their own, whatever it may be, but it will pass and hopefully we'll all get back together again and things will be okay eventually. They have to be, but they just need to remain positive. I think that's the most important thing I tell them and I preach them all the time is keep your positivity and just be kind to everyone that you come across. And that's my best piece of advice for anybody listening or any of the kids that want to come to my program. It's really a culture and it's it's a family as cliche as that sounds, but it's, it's really just about loving each other and doing what we get to doing what we love every single day. So I'm just really looking forward to getting back to that. And I know the kids are too, but I'm super excited for tryouts to actually happen and hopefully get some some new freshmen in and just continue to build the program to the best of my ability. So everybody that's listening, just hang in there. It it will pass. I promise.
0: Yeah, you heard the woman. She said this will pass. She's usually (laughs) right. I'm gonna actually say she's always right, but she (laughs) is again, thank you for joining us today. But It's so easy to always talk to you is what I really want to say. And you just always are very insightful on everything. You're all positivity. You're a great leader and someone that we're proud to call a Husky. Uh, Do you have any words for Husky Nation? I don't know if we have any cheer fans. I really would hope that we do since, you know, we've already had this episode once. So I hope we have some returning listeners. But do you have any words for Husky Nation?
2: Man I just I love Husky Nation I'm so sad that we're all going through this but you know what at least we have each other and eventually we'll all get back together.
1: I love that I wanted to shout you out as well just for always spreading positivity I follow you on Twitter you're a great follow on Twitter. One thing that I've always seen too <laughs> just being you. on the Husky, just being on the Huskies on tap Twitter too you see a lot of the cheerleaders that the account follows and things like that and And they're always positive as well and and eager to get back. And I think that's one thing that we're all eager to get back. So shout you out for always spreading the positivity. Just another person on this campus that does that and does a good job representing their sport and their team and just the NIU brand as
0: a whole.
2: Thanks, guys. I truly appreciate it. It means a lot to me.
0: Yeah. And then just a couple more real quick. Do you have any shout outs? We won't go with best friends on the team because that one usually lands me in some hot water. But (laughs) who are some shout outs that you got to make here before we wrap up?
2: I will say I'm super excited. Usually I coach on my own. Um, Justine Ewald, she just graduated. She's actually going to come on and be my assistant coach. So that's actually not any Um, news that has been disclosed but here I am giving you some inside breaking news
0: let's go yeah congratulations (laughs) breaking
2: news (laughs) yeah breaking news Justine I'm sure she'll eventually listen to this but I'm super excited to have her by my side she's a great human being and a great leader and I'm excited to keep her in the program and I know it's going to be a lot for her because now she has a big girl job but I'm just excited to have someone else on my side who cares about the program and cares about Husky Nation just as much as I do
0: Hey, we are absolutely pleased to hear that. And that's great because at the end of the day, you know, especially in the world of sport, it's really who you know and, and how you create and, and build on those relationships. So maybe one day down the road, you know, maybe she doesn't like her job and she wants to coach cheer and, and turn into Aubrey. She could do it. She's got, <laughs> she's got the groundwork
2: laid. You know what? I honestly wouldn't suggest that, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, you know, I roped, her, I roped her into it and she's like, great, like you're going to leave eventually and I'm going to, I'm going to turn into the next Aubrey. And I was like, you know what? Best of luck to you, Justine. But I'm super excited to have her and I can't wait for her to take on a different role other than being a teammate and now being a coach to all of these people that she's cheered with in the past.
0: We absolutely love to see that. One final question. I know you had mentioned a little bit before we started recording, but you were working and the team was working with a charitable organization before the season. Can you kind of tell us, you know, what the organization is about and what you guys were going to be doing? But then obviously the the virus hit, so you were not able to capitalize?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I had reached out to um, Hope Haven and DeKalb. Basically, their mission is just to provide shelter and meals and life skills. For homeless individuals and families. So it's something that's super close to me. I worked for a nonprofit in the past. They're just an advocate for the rights of the homeless and people at risk for becoming homeless in the DeKalb County. So before COVID had hit, I had signed up the kids to work at the shelter and just serve dinner and stuff like that. So I'm hoping that once this all passes and school kind of goes back to its normal thing that we can meet back up with Hope Haven and and really just dive into that cause.
0: Yeah. And I think that that is great because at the end of the day, like this community is so tight knit and to ingratiate and get the cheer team involved in those causes is only a positive for everyone involved. I'm sure the people that would have been down there getting meals would have absolutely loved to have it happen. But I, I know, I know for a fact, I'm not going to say, I think I know for a fact when things get back to normal and you guys can do stuff like that it definitely will happen can you do me a favor real quick before we wrap up and plug your social medias and where we can find yeah, you at on the internet
2: mm-hmm. so you can follow me on twitter and instagram at obsgal a-u-b-s-g-a-l-l but only if you can handle the hot takes because <laughs> I know, I like to talk about whatever I want on Twitter. You okay. know what I was gonna I mean? say so, that's
1: I mean, why that's why I said you're a great follow on Twitter. The hot takes are there. They're always they're always coming always, at you. Always, <laughs> All right. Well,
0: well, since since you brought it up, I mean, can you just tell everyone how you just body slammed Kyle Long on the timeline? I don't remember exactly what happened, oh, but I do remember God. it happening. Oh so rude. Yeah, yeah I just no, remember it happened. You, you killed
2: him he, on the timeline he, and it was funny. Yeah, he said, you know what? He said something about, he had said something about cheerleading not being hard or something. And I just kind of came back at him with a, a little sassy of a tweet. I can't remember exactly what I said. I'll have to go look at it. Yeah, he was just kind of rude. He was just being like, just not a nice human. I'm trying to find words that won't get me like bleeped out, but it's very hard for me.
0: Yeah, I mean we don't really we we tend to not swear on this podcast, but if one slips out yeah, I'm it, is what it is it's hard for me sometimes cuz I get passionate, I think. I think something that's been very big in contributing to that is that we haven't had any games to cover, so it's been all fun, it's all been all interviews, and I tell Ethan often, we haven't pissed anyone off yet, so we are on a hot streak. But we'll try to keep it that way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I will censor myself for
0: sure. <laughs> no, no, you're good. But I do appreciate you taking the time to come back on the show for a second episode. Obviously, you know, we look look forward to you guys getting back out on the mat, our athletes getting back out on the court or the field. And obviously, you always have a home here to come back and, and, you know, talk about whatever we can talk about football, what's going on with cheer, if you want to promote a fundraiser or something that you got going on. You always have a voice for that here. Ethan, do you have anything before we let Aubrey go here?
1: I just want to thank you for coming on again and always spreading uh, good positivity amongst social media, amongst the NIU community, and amongst the the cheer team, and, and that radiates throughout the campus, so thank you for that, and it's, it starts with you.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to give me a platform, and you know that I'm both huge fans of the two of you, and anything I can do to support you guys, I'm here for.
0: We absolutely love to hear that. One team, one dream. <laughs> Obviously, we, we've we said it, you know, on almost every episode. It's a tight-knit community. It's a small town. We're all in this together, especially during this year. So we just got to keep the positivity up. And before we know it, I know it's been a long time. Ethan talked about it earlier. But before we do truly know it, things will go back to normal. And this will all just be something that we tell our grandkids about one day. How's that sound?
2: I really hope so.
0: <laughs> hey, I said it. So it's got to happen now, right? But again, we we really do appreciate you taking the time on behalf of Huskies on tap and on behalf of the on tap sports net. Again, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies today. We were joined by N.I.U. cheer coach Aubrey Galeone. We got into, you know, how her quarantine went, how she was able to keep her athletes in tune and in shape during that time and even recruit and get together you know new members and a new coach a new assistant we broke some news on this podcast we did. obviously we have we haven't stopped the recording yet so nobody knows yet but that means you know <laughs> it, it's time for me to get in the lab get get working and you know this will be out there on friday for you guys so again we do appreciate you and go husky go dog thanks Yo. guys i got drink on living labs in the kitchen whipping magic. i got drink of living labs in the kitchen got London on the track. Sharp, yeah! I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Oh, so put me overcoming with it. They took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Jump you in not pin it ch- heart.